Welcome to episode 147 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the Cup Series Season Review and More edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. I'm Philip Matthew, I'm your host, and I'm here with, wait a minute, gotta do this, I have to, I need to write this down. We need to write it down so I go and uh, I don't have to keep on uh, going back to my uh, deal here. I have to copy paste it or I think what we should do is you need to copy paste it into the into the group chat, one of our group chats. So uh, let's see here. And it's RTA. Thought I uh, so we made that. I thought we've had that. We've had that deal for a few. Oh, here we go. There you go. So. All right. So let's set it up properly. You know, I'm Phil Matthew. I'm your host. And my co-host, he's a computer genius, an iRacing Indy 500 champion, a gentleman, and a scholar. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? I am doing good, Phil. Um, yeah, another week where we don't have racing, but we got football. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville got cooked uh, following up their big win in uh, against Baltimore. Uh, but, you know, we uh, in the midst of that and, you know, your San Francisco 49ers took a big loss, even though they won the game, uh, Jimmy G falling out. But, you know, we got to talk about everything that happened in the Cup Series, you know, this year and kind of, you know, review and take, uh, you know, take stock of everything that happened. So, yeah, ready to talk about that and, you know, glad to be on for another week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot to talk about and digest in regards to NFL now. This week, Jimmy G, um, insert porn star here that's going to go and um, help him rehab from his broken foot, playing the best football of his career, honestly, this year. And um, a big part of why the Niners are still relevant. Um, the record that he has with, with Kyle Shanahan is outstanding. And the record for Shanahan without Jimmy Garoppolo is not pretty, but... Um, we'll see what happens with Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy starting against uh, the GOAT next week uh, on uh, at home. Um, Tampa Bay is playing right now against the New Orleans Saints for a battle for the NFC South to see who's going to get a four seed, probably under 500. They're th- up 3 nothing at the moment, uh, but we'll definitely dive into all things football. I mean... Josh's Jaguars avoided a massive loss of Trevor Lawrence, but then the Detroit Lions were just absolutely demolished them. And I mean, a great line or a great, great uh, statement by Trevor Lawrence. He just said embarrassing. That's what he described that and loss. He said we got our asses kicked. Yeah. So I mean, he gets it. So. I mean, coming off of the best game of his career and then not even showing up, and then DJ Chark having two touchdowns or whatever or something, um, that also doesn't help. Uh, but, you know, we'll get into that. I mean, Jaguars are kind of running out the string in their situation, trying to work on draft, but also put themselves in a position for next year in other ways, trying to evaluate talent. Doug Peterson is the right coach. Um, not sure about their GM, though. The Niners need to see somehow or another pick up the pieces with their third quarterback of the year and somehow or another make win the NFC West, make the playoffs, make some sort of miraculous run. They'll end up having to go to Philly more than likely to win an NFC championship game. Uh, so that'll be an interesting uh, situation for sure. But um, first, we'll have to get to play Tampa Bay this week. So we'll get into that. We'll get into fantasy. 
Um, we're going to go and talk about all things NFL. Then Cup Series review, talking about Joey Logano's, um, you know, becoming a Hall of Famer. I think that championship a few weeks ago basically cemented him as a Hall of Famer now, and he's in his mid thirties or early, whatever, mid thirties, early thirties, whatever. And he's got many years to go in his cup career. And he's the face of, um, he's the leader of Penske's NASCAR program. So Paul Wolf becomes a two-time cup series champion as a crew chief. He did with Brad. They got close two or three times together after that. So big, big deal for both of those for Ford, considering how far back they were in general relative to Chevy and Toyota. So we'll get into all those things. Talk about 19 different winners, the guys that made the final four, the parody that the gen seven, I guess. Yeah. I mean the 19 different winners and you can go and combine that into that. And then um, we'll also come up with a, a who underperformed in 2022, that is likely to recover and have a great year in 2023. We have a few different drivers we we're thinking about there. So we'll go and discuss that. Um, in terms of non anything else, of course, supercars ended their season at Adelaide this past uh, weekend. Scotty McLaughlin, um, Scotty McLaughlin, of course, or not Scotty McLaughlin. He was there announcing former uh, three-time series champion there. And, um, his uh, fellow Kiwi Shane Van Gisbergen gets uh, another championship in dominant fashion. Does one of the most epic burnouts in in recent history. So that'll be something. Uh, Argon, oh, sure. yeah, whatever. F him. Oh, oh Patrick Tombay. Well, rest in peace to Patrick Tombay. Um, he just passed away, age seventy three. Um, yeah, so we'll look into supercars. We'll also look at Joseph Newgarden, Scott McLaughlin racing in the Rolex 24 with the Rolex 24 testing uh, going on. Uh, start, it started today, and then um, there's more to come from that. So we'll get into that, all that, and then uh, Josh's Sim segment and close the deal. So speaking of Josh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, rough day yesterday. It could have been even worse if Trevor goes down. Um, it didn't sound or look good. I heard about that injury and the Lamar Jackson, but then of course they both got trumped by Jimmy. Um, Trevor was able to get back in the game and play, but they were never in it. Um, the Detroit lions boat raced them, unfortunately. And they're, they're actually now a sneaky, um, they are, they're on a heater. Motor city. Dan Campbell has this team rolling and, um, they could make the playoffs. Like it's insane. They could make the playoffs, the Detroit Lions. Um, and they also they're gonna have two first round picks because they have the Rams first round pick, which is gonna be a top five pick. And then they have their pick, which is fifteen at the moment. Um, thanks to um Peter King's Monday morning quarterback um feature that is a great read. Um so I mean, I guess Joshua where we start. I mean, your fantasy team, you're gonna win your probably going to get number one. You're going to get that $12 uh, bonus for high points this week. Somebody other than uh, Jeff Wilson or Steve, you'll be the first person other than those three that have won this year. So that's nice. And you put yourself in a good position um, into week 14 with a favorable matchup uh, to go and make the playoffs. So uh, I guess I'll give the floor to you to go and discuss um, what happened yesterday in both cases. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I think, um, with fantasy, I 
you know, I want to talk about that one first because, uh, you know, it's playoff time, getting ready to be in the playoffs in uh, two weeks you know, is when they start, and next week is the you know cutoff and everything. And I uh, really needed to win this uh, this or uh, you know this week. Um, I scored two forty three, and I think uh, what Steve has uh, he has. I'm looking at it right now. He's he's got one hundred and thirty eight right now. So uh, yeah, definitely a good good uh, game so far for me. Uh, matchup uh, really needed it both in terms of points to give me a little bit better chance in case of a tiebreaker if it comes down to that, uh, and then also uh, just getting in the win column again, uh, getting at you know seventh win. It's been a struggle this year, but you know we've been able to pull it out uh, and you know should be in fourth place after everything tonight uh, and. You know, being able to have a little bit of security going in next week, uh, just got to execute going into week 14, going up against Joe. So uh, definitely want to be able to um, make it into the playoffs uh, and everything. You know, uh, It won't be the worst if I lost, but certainly uh, got to be able to control our destiny here and be able to make it in as the fourth seed uh, and then you know, go into the playoffs. Uh, playoff rounds and execute there. Um, I'm talking like I'm actually a player, but like, you know, players got to, uh, I got to maybe be able to set up the best lineup and everything and, um, you know, be able to do all that stuff and, you know, just watch, you know, watch the games or pay, follow them and, you know, hopefully get, get the most bound points throughout it and go into the uh, championship game. But which can be pretty tough, you know, going up against, uh, you know, Jeff and going up against, uh, Wilson there so you know it's going to be interesting for sure um but yeah the fantasy team this week I mean uh I was really worried about it um you know concerned about it but um you know we pulled out in the end um you know uh Derek Carr ended up having a good game started out bad with a pick six uh Tyreek Hill even though they lost had a really big game Derek Henry um I mean I was expecting a lot more from him but uh you know they got destroyed by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, David Montgomery uh, had a decent game. Cole Komet had a decent game too. Uh, Najee Harris uh, had a decent game. Geno Smith went off against the Rams. Uh, and then, you know, my defensive players, uh, Damian or uh, Donovan Wilson, uh, Jonathan Allen, Foye Aluakon all scored 26 points each. So, you know, it just really helped me throughout. Uh, Debo uh, had an okay game as well. Uh, you know, even with the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo injury, still is able to produce, and that's going to be question mark going forward. Is you know, I've got two 49ers receivers, and um, you know now they're down to their third quarterback, so it's going to be interesting how that affects the offense. Uh, there, um, you know, if they're going to rely heavily on Christian McCaffrey uh, and Debo, or you know, they're going to try to spread the ball around and everything. But you know, it tends you know quarter, young quarterbacks tend to struggle, and so we'll see how that uh, you know affects the fantasy totals. But you know, you got your two best players there and uh, Debo and Christian McCaffrey, and then also George Kittle. So we'll see how the ball uh, target share goes around them and everything. So, uh, yeah, the fantasy team played really well this week. Uh, we'll go into next week and um, already trying to figure out the lineup for that, and we'll go into it and um, go from there and you know, hopefully come out a winner and be in the playoffs and you know have a shot to win the uh, championship belt from you. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully able to do it this year. Um, I've never, I mean, obviously not won the championship in your league, but you know, in all the other fantasy leagues I've played, even my own, uh, had not uh, been able to win the title or anything like that. Uh, came close a couple times, but you know, didn't didn't pull it out. So, would be nice to got it into this one. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, 
it's uh, nice to get a big win like that and then get the uh, $12 bonus for uh, having the highest point scored this week, too. So glad that happened. Uh, and then, of course, the Jaguars. I mean, there's not really too much to say about them. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think that's the big win. They won because Trevor Lawrence didn't get injured uh, in you know, at the end of halftime. So that's a win in itself that he didn't get injured. Uh, obviously, it looked bad, uh, you know, live. Looked like, you know, he, um, he got rolled around, uh, going to the ground, and it was low hit as well, which I, you know, why why did they throw a flag for that? I mean, uh, you know, he should be getting protected like some of these other big quarterbacks. Uh, so, you know, should have uh, been a flag there. But uh looked like, I mean, at first it looked like the knee buckled and everything, and it looked like the knee was just, like, flopping around, or, you know, the lower leg was um, disconnected, you know, from at the knee, and it just looked really bad uh, live and thought, you know, that'd be it for the season and, uh, you know, possibly even going into the next year. But you know, he came back and was able to uh, play in the second half and even led them on a touchdown drive uh, and got a two-point conversion there. So, yeah, uh, really good uh, recovery from there. Um, and, you know, he looked good. He didn't look like he was injured or anything like that. So we'll see what the injury report looks like throughout the week for uh, Trevor Lawrence going forward and um, if they have to sign a backup QB or anything like that. But, yeah, the rest of the team, not so hot. A lot of, I think, like at least five uh, drop passes from the wide receivers. You know, Zay Jones had a good game against Baltimore, 10 ball or, yeah, 10 passes uh caught and then for like over 100 yards and then this game uh goes out and drops like i think three or four passes that he should have hauled in so um you know he's been really inconsistent but you know there's no excuse for that this late in the season when you got a chance to close in on tennessee to get within two games uh you know they they didn't lose ground to tennessee but they sure uh, could have made up ground so yeah he he had a bad game uh you know a lot of other players travis Etienne fumbled the ball in the first drive uh, of the game and pretty much downhill from there. Uh, defense, of course, that's the big big one, too. They got uh, they got shredded, uh, you know, didn't allow or didn't even force a punt at all. Uh, and the only time uh, Detroit did not score was on their kneel downs at the very end of the game. So, yeah, just really uh, bad effort overall. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really one to, you know, because a lot of times, like, people say, oh, this is atrocious, this is, like, horrible, and, um, you know, when, when they play, but, uh, you know, describe bad play, but, you know, I normally reserve myself, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to say anything good about that. Um, there's really nothing good to take away from that. I mean, you could have field, you could have chosen just to forfeit defense, and um, that probably would have been just as good as uh, you know what whatever they were trying to do. I'm not sure the issue is there, uh, coaching scheme, or um, you know if they don't have good enough players on there. Uh, probably just a combination of all of it, really. But you know. Uh, We'll just have to deal with it the rest of the season, and hopefully they can figure something out. Uh, the last couple of games here, uh, the rest of the season, you know, the last you know five or six games that we've got left here in 2022. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if that happens, um, if they can or uh, can improve. Um, I mean, to me, you know, watching it on TV, you know, the I mean, in general, it looks like the you know the Jaguars more of a finesse team, and the Lions they're very physical. Um, you know, on both sides of the ball, it looks like, you know, just watching the defensive lines uh, play against each other. And um, yeah, that, that's what it, that's just what it looks like to me. And, you know, the finesse team is going to get outclassed every time against a more physical football team. So yeah, that's, that's what it looked like to me, but uh, we'll see what they do in the off season. They got to get bigger inside. Uh, they got, you know, they don't have enough uh, talent 
interior, uh, you know, to run a three, four with, uh, you know, more, um, leaner players, I guess that then, you know, bigger player, you know, beefier players and got to be able to have that on defense. So that's, yeah, that's something you got to look at in the off season, but you know, for now we just have to deal with it and figure out ways to rush the passer. Cause that was definitely not there at all this season. They got a couple of sacks on Jared Goff, I think, but I think those are just like clean up sacks or uh, coverage sacks or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's going to be uh, something to look, look at going the rest of the way. So, you know, they play up against Tennessee this coming Sunday. So next Sunday, so, uh, Tennessee, uh, coming off a big loss uh, against Philadelphia. So, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup there and they haven't faced the Titans yet this year. And they always, um, you know, it's an interesting matchup. They always have to play the Titans tough. So, uh, we'll see if they can, you know, the Titans are also a very physical team. So if they can go up against the Titans and, you know, play competitively, that'd be interesting. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, uh, yeah, Jaguars, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, but, you know, they've got to win out pretty much uh, from here on out. Uh, there's pretty much no more room for error as far as uh, losses, uh, and they got to go out and win out uh, pretty much to get in. So not sure if they're going to be able to do it, but, you know, there's still possibility. But, yeah, we'll we'll have to, you know, just carry on on to next week and go on from there. But, yeah, uh, really, really disappointing effort, you know, following the big win that they had against Baltimore. So, um, yeah, just uh, – not not what I wanted to see for sure. But at least you still have your starting quarterback. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, the the big story from the Niners yesterday early in the game gave up a first place 75-yard touchdown to former 49er Trent Shurfield. Um, and then soon after, uh, James Garoppolo or Heaney um, in, in his haste to try to get out of a sack um, – got rolled up or whatever and um, was down and then taken off the field, um, wasn't able to play, and they announced it as an ankle injury. has had an injury to his left ankle before or one of his ankles. They took him out for the year a couple of years ago um, and then come to find out his fractured uh, or broken left foot. So the, um, the magical mystery ride of Jimmy Garoppolo, all the hot, ladies that follow the San Francisco 49ers and soon over Jimmy Garoppolo, um, all the fans that were thinking that this could somehow or another manifest into that Super Bowl championship. Well, if it's going to happen, it's going to be on the arm of Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy from Iowa State. He played pretty solid. Uh, he, he was able to run the offense in a lot of ways. It looked just like a shorter um, version of Jimmy, um, way he ran the offense yesterday. CMC did work later in the game, early struggled. But once the game started kind of getting away from Miami, uh, he was able to kind of feast both passing in the passing game and in the running game. Uh, you know, Debo had a good day, and uh, Brandon Ayuk was able to do work as well. Uh, GK, somewhat quiet. Uh, but I think he's going to become a bigger part of this offense now with Purdy and at, at the helm. Um, I, in general, I don't, the way the offense is and it's, it's run and all that Purdy seems very confident in himself and he stood up to pressure all day. Uh, and, uh, he did, he did work. I mean, it's crazy, but they're still in the mix. They're still leading the NFC West by a game. They have the tiebreaker on the Seattle Seahawks. They're going to be playing them here in a few weeks' time. 
reality of the world is everything is in front of the Niners. Outside of really the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't fear anybody in the NFC. The Vikings are not that great. Um, I don't care what their record is. They're not that good. Yes, they have an MVP candidate in Justin Jefferson, who's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. But they've they've flirted with disaster multiple times this year. Um, and the fact is, eventually, that jig runs out. Uh, and uh, that'll happen in the playoffs, uh, depending on who they get in the first round, uh, for sure. Niners, if they can maintain, win the division, they'd be a three seed more than likely would play somebody from the NFC East, have a home game, or they might play, I'm trying to think who else would be left, because all the NFC teams or East teams are in there. But then other than that, I mean, the North is a dumpster fire uh, with uh, uh, other than, I mean, Green Bay is kind of doing something now, but it doesn't matter. Um, A.A. Ron beat Chicago, and he's their daddy. Um, Detroit is on a run, of course, as we mentioned, but they're a couple games behind the commander general Redskins. And then, um, so it's really about just keeping everything in front of them. And uh, Taysom Hill just scored a touchdown. So, um, so the New Orleans is up and um, yeah, they're up. So Taysom Hill is lined up as a tight end or something. I don't know what they want to call that. And he went and scored that touchdown from Andy Dalton. So, um, yeah, Jimmy getting injured was brutal, but um, they they were able. Nick Bosa is making his claim for Defensive Player of the Year. It's either him or Micah Parsons. I mean, they'll probably give it to Micah Parsons because he's a cowgirl. But Nick Bosa leads the league in sacks with 14 and a half. He got three yesterday. Tua did not look great at times. It, he was missing passes all day. Uh, he hit two big ones, but he missed a lot of other ones there. They did break the streak of four games in a row where um, the Niners hadn't given up any points in the second half. He got that one touchdown to Tyree Kill, but after that, they didn't have anything. They couldn't run the ball. Um, they didn't try to run the ball. I'm trying to do my Jim Mora from back in the day. Uh, the great forty former 49ers who said they had way more talent and um, Mostert and Wilson had 33 yards between the two of them rushing, so or 37, something like that. So, um, yeah, Miami gets humbled a little bit, and now they, they have to recover, play on Sunday night in L.A. against the Chargers. And, uh, you know, uh, what do you call them? Justin Herbert, who now the Chargers need to kind of put something together if they want to make a playoff run. I mean, the division, I mean, they're never going to win that division because of Kermit the Frog, but they still have an, a chance to possibly get a wild card um, if they can get on a run. So uh, Niners, they play Tampa next week. The defense is at a different level. Uh, it's got a lot of vibes to when Peyton Manning, basically half, like half a guy, somehow or another took the Broncos and won a Super Bowl or Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl with that Baltimore Ravens defense with double murderer. You know, it's kind of got that feel of Brad Johnson in 2002 with Tampa, you know, when they had that elite defense and they showed Warren Sapp and uh, Derek Brooks, who was two thirds of the two of the three pillars, John Lynch being the one in the back end that built that were the defense that made with first with Tony Dungy for a lot of time with Tony Dungy and then um, Gruden went and won that Super Bowl. So see what happens with that.
uh, you know, but it, it's it doesn't it's not the end of the world. It's unfortunate. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl? I had a way better feeling about that prior to that injury than I do now. But Brock Purdy is probably one of the more serviceable back, probably the most serviceable backup I've seen in the 49ers in a long time. Um, you know, I'm thinking, and they may not, they'll try to deny it, but Trey Lance, his recovery might actually get accelerated a little bit on the notion that, you know, they may have to call him back in action. And um, that would be quite a story if that happens. Um, uh, but we'll see what happens with that for sure. And in terms of fantasy for me, uh, I'm going to, it looks like I'm going to win uh, today uh, unless, you know, t- Tom Brady and Chris Godwin go nuts. Um, I have Rashad White in this game and he isn't really doing anything. I left a ton of points on the, on the bench, but and I had two people basically go over um, Hayden Hurst got hurt and um, Joe Mixon didn't even play. But Joe Cool, um, who's probably my favorite other outside of my 49er players that I, I'm, I'm a fan of. I think my favorite player in the NFL is Joe Burrow. The guy's an absolute animal um, and he and he beats Kermit the Frog. So I, I, I just I, I like the fact that he has the number of Kansas City Chiefs. And and it's and it, he doesn't he didn't even have to throw it to Jamar Chase, even though Jamar Chase made that one handed catch and went out of bounds. He did throw it to him, but he threw it to Higgins. He spreads the ball. Samaj P. Ryan coming out of nowhere as a backup running like an animal crazy guy. I mean, Cincinnati's uh dangerous. And with the injury to Lamar Jackson, that could um be a problem. Um I mean, now we're talking about everything, Josh. So, um, what else? What other takeaways did you have from the week uh, this week, and some of the players that are kind of inserting themselves into the mix, you know, for some of these awards and some of the teams that are in contention? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think you know, I was watching the uh, Sunday night football game against the uh, Colts and the uh, Cowboys, and I mean, that was a complete blowout of a game. There, um, you know, you had. Uh, I mean, it was pretty competitive until the beginning of the fourth quarter. Then uh, Dallas just ran away with it uh, at the end. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a game that could propel Dallas, uh, you know, all the way to you know into the playoffs. Um, you know, not going to say play or Super Bowl run uh, or anything like that, but definitely uh, they're going to get tougher. Um, you know, they're you know they prove that you know they're going to be a tougher uh, team to beat. The more you know what people realize. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what I took away from that. Um, you know, I think Dak Prescott might be pretty good. Um, you know, and then also their defense is, uh, really, really good, I think, uh, for the Cowboys. So it's going to be a tough watch, uh, for, you know, other teams. Uh, you know, I think other, you know, other games, you talked about the Chargers and the Raiders. I mean, the, the Raiders suddenly are, you know, back in contention and, uh, the Chargers, you know, they gave up an opportunity to, you know, really, uh, you know, be able to move up in, in the grid, uh, possibly to get a a playoff spot. Uh, and, you know, it was really disappointing as I was, you know, trying to, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to see the, uh, Chargers try to contend in the playoffs. Um, you know, the, Jets, you know, uh, I think I think they're the weakest team currently, you know, ranked in the playoffs right now. Uh, they've, uh, you know, they've had a couple of losses. You know, of course, the debacle with Zach Wilson, but then also, you know, Mike White. I mean, I, you know, he seems like he's good in a pinch, right? But then, you know, at the same time, 
um, you know, I wonder how sustainable that is. You know, you, you know, you might have a, a couple of plays that look good, but you know, going up against other teams that already have their quarterback situation figured out, uh, it's going to be tough. And you know, they they're facing the Vikings, um, and you know, the Vikings are on a roll right now. Uh, so, yeah, I think you know the the Jets the Jets have some tough sledding just because uh, they've you know they have a bad situation right now with uh, their quarterback. Uh, so it's it's not looking good. Uh, you know the Ravens uh, they had a narrow win against uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, Lamar Jackson possibly has an injury. Uh, don't know if it's going to keep him out. Uh, but you know Tyler Huntley uh, is replaced him in the game and managed to get the win. So you know we'll see if uh, he's able to produce anything. Uh, you know he's comfortable in the Greg Roman offense. So if he can you know. S- maybe not put up Lamar Jack's numbers, but be sustainable. I think they'd be looking out for that. Um, try to get themselves, uh, placed, uh, you know, well in, into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, that's something to look at. Uh, Pittsburgh's still, you know, in the hunt right now. Um, you know, they defeated the Falcons Falcons, uh, not looking as great, but you know, they still have a chance as well. You know, we talked about the Lions. Lions obviously are, uh, right up there as well couple of spots away from being in the playoffs. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, of course, uh, Geno Smith goes out and uh, wins the game for the Seahawks. Uh, so, you know, they, they've they got a, a good chance of uh, being a wild card team. Uh, Giants and uh, Commanders, you know, they both tied yesterday, which is surprising. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, thought, I thought maybe that the Commanders might win over the Giants, but um, they both tied, and I actually I think it's always entertaining when teams tie, uh, and you know nobody wins. That that's that's actually just really great in my opinion. And um, you know, it, there's been at least three or four other games this season where it came down to the final minute, and uh, you know they were, looked like they were going to tie. So uh, that that's just really entertaining to me to see a, a you know a, a tie record, and uh, not only the the Giants and the Commanders, but also. You know the uh, the Jets or not the Jets the the Browns and the Colts also have have had a tie so multiple teams this year you know you know you only see usually like maybe one team you know or two teams that have a tie in their record but you know you have four teams so it's kind of entertaining uh, to me for whatever reason but uh, Eagles of course uh, number one seed um, I don't think that's going to change the Vikings just got to take care of business. Uh, you know, Buccaneers, obviously they're playing right now, but, uh, you know, they're very, very weak, I think, as a team. Uh, and you have Tom Brady struggling uh, against Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints, so uh, not looking good there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, and the Browns are also still in the hunt as well. And Deshaun Watson, not sure how good he actually looks. He's definitely looked rusty uh, being two years almost away from football, so... Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I took away from all the games, uh, you know, coming down to the final month of the season, you know, we'll see if, um, you know, what the playoff situation is going to look like. I think, you know, three teams in each conference have probably locked it up, you know, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Eagles, Vikings, 49ers. But I think, you know, the last, you know, spots, you know, the last division, the AFC South, NFC South, and then three wild cards, I think are very much up for grabs. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, going the rest of the way here in the season. Yeah, and one thing that they've been mentioning here is the last game of the season 
Uh, the that'll end up being on Sunday Night Football, the regular season as it stands right now, could be the Baltimore Cincinnati game in Week 18, um, which could be for the division. Um, obvious as it stands right now, they're tied, and Baltimore is ahead because of the head-to-head from earlier this year. Uh, hopefully. I don't know if the Bengals have to play Cleveland again, but for some reason, Burrow can't beat the Cleveland Browns, which is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, the the uh, the South Division in both con- both the NFC, AFC and NFC are terrible. The Titans have been uh, routinely beaten down the last couple of weeks. They have no offense. Uh, they got they let their best player, other than Derrick Henry, of course, go, and um, he went and did work yesterday against them so there that is that is there and all that so philly is a game ahead of minnesota but really philly i think is a couple of steps ahead of minnesota in general um the vikings is i mean yesterday they had to fight to beat the jets and mike white at home which to me is says something about how i mean it's a good thing they have justin jefferson it's a good thing they have some of the other players that they have because there are definitely holes uh with that team and i remember a couple of years ago prior i think it was prior to justin jefferson or maybe it was a rookie when they went to san francisco uh in the playoffs and they were they had to go there in the divisional round and they got destroyed um and I think Jimmy threw eight passes in that game or some crap or four. I don't know. It was some some craziness um, that he or 12 passes or 11 passes, some, some nonsense. So, I mean, but I don't think they're, they are definitely not what the record says. Um, Niners, of course, as I said earlier, they're going to be in a fight with Seattle till the end uh, in that division. Bucks and New Orleans are basically playing for position at the moment because I mean the Saints are four and eight. So actually, if they were to win, they'd go to five and eight, um, and the Bucks would be five and seven, and they would be a um, game ahead of the Falcons. But they're taking their bye this coming week, the Buccaneers, and then they'll come back and play. Or after this week's match, or the after this week, um, they're or no, this week they're playing the Niners. What do I mean? What am I saying? So. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, Bengals are are rising up right now, and it's uh, uh, bad news for a lot of teams. They're the defending AFC champions. They went to Arrowhead and beat Kermit the Frog last year. They were at home yesterday. They beat Kermit the Frog again. Uh, there's just there. It's Joe Burrow. He's he's a freak. Um, I love how Urban Meyer would talk shit about him and treat him like garbage and didn't think he had any talent. And he literally transfers to LSU and becomes a Heisman trophy winner, wins a national championship with Justin with Jamar chase. Yeah. Tells you how great of an evaluator old urban Meyer is. He tried to go and destroy Trevor Lawrence's career too. So it tells you a freaking idiot that he is. But um, yeah. So, I mean, Miami rough game yesterday, have to bounce back. Uh, right now, I mean, the AFC is definitely very, there's some teams, I mean, the Raiders didn't, we would have never thought a few weeks ago that they would be in the mix, but now they're only two games out. Uh, Chargers losing that game to the Raiders is going to be big. Patriots are scuffling. They have no offense. Matt Patricia, for as bad of a head coach as he was, might be a worse offensive coordinator. Um, and I guess Bill Belichick likes how, how he tickles his asshole with that crazy beard or something because he is god awful. Him and Joe Judge have no clue how to call an offense. Um, they've 
made I Mac Jones also looks clueless out there, which is not good. So uh I mean Pittsburgh is still in the mix actually. They're only two games out. So there's they're right now we're getting what with five games to go in the season. We would say there's five there's there's twelve teams in in play. Um in the NFC eh, you could probably go I mean Carolina uh was off if they can get on a little bit of a run. That division is a dumpster fire. They just waived Baker Mayfield. So they just wasted draft picks to pick up Baker Mayfield. Now they're waving him. And people are all over saying, oh, the Niners are going to sign him, but then somebody else is going to probably pick him up just for the sake of picking up after the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. But yeah, the NFC South is so bad it doesn't really matter. Um they're one of those teams is gonna have a home game in the first in the wild card round of the playoffs, though. Uh the Commander General Redskins are just outside of the playoff. So the whole NFC East would make the playoffs at, at the current in this current rate. Um two out of the west at the moment, and then one out of the uh, north and the south. So Lions are rising though. They're playing great five and one in the last six games or something four and one in the last five or some crap. Um Aaron throwing to Christian Watson, trying to make him the new Devontae Adams, uh seems to be getting there. And at the same time, Devontae Adams with his good buddy Derek Carr or with Josh uh, Jacobs, the three of them are trying to keep this keep that rudderless ship that is a Raiders alive. Um, so plenty to look at, uh, right now, only two teams have been eliminated, the Texans and the bears, uh, the Rams and the Rams and Broncos are close. Uh, it'll take a little while for some of these other teams probably to start flirting with uh, elimination, but, uh, out of the playoffs, but, um, yeah, that's that for NFL, uh, for this week. I mean, in terms of fantasy, I'm, I'm, uh, winning. I think I went three and oh this week. In all my teams, but I'm in in the have to win or have to give myself a decent chance with good score uh, to make the playoffs in all those leagues. So it's going to be a rough, uh, tough, difficult week this week. Um, tough matchups in each league, but you know it is what it is. I mean, not having Joe Mixon play and Hayden Hurst, and then leaving the likes of P. Ryan and Brian Robinson and DK Metcalf on the bench. You would have thought that would have hurt me, but you know it. When you have, I mean, Trevor came back, did did all right. Um, Joe Burrow, as I said, two eighty six, two touchdowns, rushed for 11, 11 rushes for forty six and a rush touchdown, so three total touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown had uh, two touchdowns and uh, on eleven for one fourteen and two touchdowns. Tony Pollard had twelve rushes for ninety one. And two rush touchdowns. So, and Diggs seven for ninety-two and a receiving touchdown on Thursday. So that was basically those four guys carried me. And I'm going to need a similar type of performance, if not more, um, and hope that Joe Mixon can play. Probably play DK Metcalf and hope that we go nuts um, against Jeff. And then um, I need another. I need a good. Uh, performance in my other leagues to possibly get there as well. So we'll talk about that next week on the GSP. Um, okay. So yeah, let's get into the cup series uh, review. So first of a, um, a bunch of them that we're going to be doing here over the next few weeks 
in between our um, holiday break. The first, uh, all, all the major series we usually cover here on the GSP we'll go and get into. Uh, this year, Cup Series, Joey Logano comes through, wins at Las Vegas in the round of eight, punches his ticket like he had done a few years ago at Martinsville. He said he was a favorite, guaranteed a championship, and did it. He did it again this year, uh, was able to beat Ross Chastain, of course, of the Hale Mellon, and uh, William Clyde Elliott II, and Christopher Bell in the final four at the shithole that is Phoenix Raceway. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I guess we go there first. I mean, Joey Logano, to think that 10 years ago, Josh, he was out of a ride, and Joe Gibbs had quit on him, and uh, it didn't look great. He only had two cup wins in his career. He was definitely third third fiddle there at Joe Gibbs Racing. They had hired Matt Kenseth to take over the car, and Joey Logano, the guy that was the best things in sliced bread, Mark Martin found him. Brad Keselowski went to Roger Penske and said, I think we need to look at him. And that decision by Penske, it's not like Penske doesn't, he's known for making good decisions. That's why he's a billionaire, multi-billionaire. Um, but picking up Joey Logano might have been one of the greatest moves that Roger Penske's ever made in his motorsports, you know, uh, history. Because he's won him, he won him the Daytona 500 again. He's won all these big races. He's won two championships. And he's young. And uh, he ain't going away anytime soon. So uh, Joey Logano is one of the most talented drivers in the sport. People don't like him. And I think that's part because of, he looks like a pizza face and he has a, he looks like Gilbert. He has like the Gilbert Gottfried voice and he, he, whatever. And he says, ah, Frank, you know, like in all these other crap. But the fact of the matter is Ford wouldn't be anywhere without him. Uh, Harvick is probably going to quit. So they need him. And yes, they have young, a few young pieces in place with, with Gumby Sindrick and YRB, the legitimate most popular driver in the sport and um, Chase Briscoe. Uh, but other than that, you know, I guess you could w- hope that that Harrison Burton and Todd Gillen can get there eventually, but they're raw. Um, and then in terms of their talent, the rest of the talent in the Ford pipeline, it's literally Zane Smith, the truck series champion. They have nobody else. So Ford needs somebody to put there to really lead. And Joey Logano this year in a down year for Ford in general, Josh was able to come through and carry the Blue Oval to another championship in a year that was definitely dominated by the Chevys and the Toyotas. Uh, what were your thoughts on Logano as, and we were mentioning this, I'm, I mean, honestly, he became a Hall of Famer a few weeks ago when he won that second championship. I mean, it was borderline he was a Hall of Famer before that, but he definitely is a Hall of Famer now uh, with that performance at Phoenix uh a few weeks ago to get that championship. So he goes into this season. He's 28th in all-time wins with 31 and two Cup Series championships. He could, as he's, I mean, I think the next marker would be to get to his former mentor, Mark Martin, uh, who he beat to win a second race of his career at Pocono. Um, He's nine wins away from that. He's tied with Martin Truex in wins. Um, He's one away from Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, two away from Hall of Famer Fireball Roberts. So those are, and, and he's, and Kurt Bush is 
three away, former Penske driver, of course, um, and his former teammate Brad Keselowski's at 35 wins, but you would definitely hope that he could go out and win again next year. But I would say that Joey Logano, though, is everything looking forward for him, the way things are going now as a two-time Cup Series champion, Josh. Yeah, of course. I mean, Joey Logano, you know, this year, I mean, really, his, I mean, we talked about it before with Jill on here, but, uh, you know, with Logano this year, um, you know, throughout, you know, before the playoffs, um, he wasn't really, you know, a dominating driver per se, didn't really, um, outside of uh, Richmond in the fall um, and Darlington, he didn't really have any races where he was uh, dominating, uh, you know, as a driver, like we've seen him in the past, you know, the 2014, 2015, you know, that was really, um, you know, where he had a lot of races where he was up front a bunch, but, um, you know, similar to 2018, um, you know, he just happened to win at the right time, uh, to be able to make his way into, uh, the championship four and, um, then, you know, the final race of the season, um, you know, they were able to just run up front, put together a good car and, and, uh, win the race, uh, you know, throughout the season, you know, he, uh, only, you know, he won at, uh, Darlington, you know, he bumped, uh, Joey or William Byron out of the way, uh, and, you know, he got the win there. Um, then, you know, didn't, you know, really win it. I mean, he won at Gateway, uh, the final restart duel with uh, Kyle Busch there. Uh, and that was a pretty good over-under move to get around Kyle Busch. And then didn't really have anything except for Richmond in the fall and got past, you know, pit strategy by Kevin Harvick uh, and everything. So that was a missed opportunity there for a win. But then at... You know, Las Vegas, uh, you just happened to be up front at the right time at Las Vegas and got the victory there. Uh, and then from there, you know, going to uh, Phoenix, you know, all you had to do was be up front. And, you know, Ford had been good at Phoenix already from, you know, the spring. Chase Briscoe and them had won it, you know, uh, Phoenix in the uh, spring. And so it's pretty reasonable to expect that Fords were going to be really good at Phoenix in the fall. Uh, at, you know, the last race of the season and that, you know, it's exactly what he did qualified up front and, you know, with this car, gen, uh, next gen car, uh, on, uh, short tracks and, uh, road courses, we know that it, it's a bit tougher to pass and, you know, that's what he really benefited from is, um, being tougher to pass and, um, you know, having to, you know, just be up front and make, everybody else uh, work really hard behind you. You only had to really face Ryan Blaney throughout his teammate throughout the race to, um, you know, get a, a challenge uh, from the lead. So, uh, you know, Logano, you know, just managed to win at the right times when you need to, you know, when you win the first race uh, uh, of the round of eight to make it into, uh, you know, the championship four, it gives you time to prepare, uh, for that final race and your team can prepare, uh, you know, bring up the setup. You can start mentally preparing yourself on, you know, how you're going to approach that weekend and, and whatnot. So, you know, being the first one to win, not having to worry about being eliminated or, um, you know, having to, you know, claw your way into the, the final round, uh, like kind of like what we saw from Chastain, uh, when you don't have to worry about that, you can just focus and, you know, that's what he was able to do, uh, to win Phoenix. So yeah, of course, uh, Throughout the year, Logano was solid, but not great. And, you know, Ford just happened to put the right motor, you know, the right car set up at the right time. So, 
you know, he was able to go out and win this championship and, you know, kind of similar to his, like, like you said, 2018 In 2018, he only won at Talladega. That was his only win throughout the year. And then at, you know, round of eight got to Martinsville and managed to bump Martin Truex out of the way on the last lap. Uh, you know, even though he was leading in that race a bunch, he still managed to bump Martin Truex out of the way to win Martinsville and then was able to basically put on a really good pass at Homestead uh, to be able to win the 2018 title. So he kind of came out of nowhere there too. And then this year, uh, just happened to be there at the right time, uh, and convincingly won the championship in the final race of the year. So yeah, really good year from him. And yeah, I think you definitely put him in hall of fame, uh, conversation now. And then, oh, by the way, he also won the Bush clash at the beginning of the year as well. Uh, so didn't even mention that, but you know, he went out and won that race. So it's almost like he, you know, won five races this year, you know, I mean, he did win five races this year. So, you know, wins, wins that race, uh, to kick off the year. And then he caps off the year with the title. So bookending the season with uh race victories, uh, Joey Logano did. So, uh, yeah, uh, kind of kind of a interesting year overall and you know you just happen to be the guy at the end that could win so uh especially in a year of parody where you know we had a lot of a lot of volatility and who, who could win uh throughout the rest of the year so yeah that's that's kind of what i took away from logano's uh year um and you know he was aggressive when he needed to be uh, with you know the wins you saw at uh, darlington gateway and then he was able to win and you know put you know, put together a race where, where uh, it counted, you know, at Las Vegas and at uh, Homestead. Needs to be clutch, and uh, Joey was. And, uh, you know, you got you may have not had it in this format, and Junior mentioned it on his podcast, but it's like, in this format, you just have to be in the right, you put it in the right place at the right time, and you could go and win a championship. You don't have to be good the whole year and honestly in a lot of ways it doesn't really make that much of a difference later it gets into the playoff see william clyde elliott who basically was non-existent this whole entire playoff um see kevin harvick a couple of years ago dominates the regular season and then falls out of the final four uh in the final race you know you have to clutch up in the last 10 and uh, and really at the round of eight you have to be at a different level the first two rounds you can kind of skate by but if you get to the round eight you have to be on point to get through. And uh, Joey Logano did that. 32 years old, two-time Cup Series champion. Uh, it's crazy. Um, I mean, Daytona 500, former Daytona 500 winner, of course, and in 2015. Um, what is – oh, yeah, Pocono. Yeah, so those are the two wins. He won at Michigan. I'm, I'm looking up his wins of his career. I'm trying to figure out where he's won. Yeah, he's won at Bristol a couple times. He's won at – New Hampshire a couple times. Yeah, that was Kansas. That was the year that he, or no, that wasn't, yeah, no, the next year at Kansas was, yeah, the, the, uh, when, uh, Matt Kenseth sent him to the moon. Um, yeah, Watkins Glen. Yeah, he's good at, yeah, he's won at Bristol a lot and Talladega. And, you know, so it's interesting with him. He has got certain tracks that he's really good at, super speedways. Um, won the championship at two different racetracks. So, he won it at Homestead years ago, Michigan. He's been, of course, in Ford's home, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Kansas. So, yeah, Kansas. And so, yeah, and he did win uh, the all-star race, or I mean the shootout or clash or whatever the hell. Um, and that leads into, um, I think, this 
the piece that um, 19 different winners this year, most ever in the history of the Cup Series in one season. We had first time, lots of first time winners. Gumby wins the 500. Chase Briscoe wins at Phoenix. Uh, Ross Chastain at uh, Coda. Um, let's see. Uh, Daniel Suarez at Snoroma. And um, who's the other one? Who am I forgetting? Uh, in terms of first time winners in Cup, there was five this year. Oh, yeah. Um, Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Uh, won, uh, won his first race this year. Uh, that's another one. And um, yeah, Ross Chastain. Uh, then, then it was uh, Ty, uh, yeah, Blaney won the All Star race with his window net down. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, Daniel Suarez. Yeah, Tyler Reddick at Road America. That was uh, and so that was the the five first time winners this year. Um. Or, or wait a minute, Bubba, oh no, Bubba had won, yeah, that's right, he won last yeah, year. Bubba won too. Tally, um, and then he won this year. Yeah, it wasn't a first time winner. Yeah, it wasn't a first time winner. Chris Buescher won for the first time winning in like six years, so. Yes, it, it almost huge. felt like a first win, and you know, the other one was by weather. Yeah, and I was there when he won his yeah. first race, so um, big win for him and RFK, first win for the new um, RFK team, so. Uh, yeah, so you had all these different winners. You look at the points and see what happened with this Gen 7 car. Um, there are definite positives. We talked about the good and the bad here the last few weeks. I think it has opened up the game a little bit, um, gotten some teams back in the mix, like the RCRs of the world. Um, some teams are still off. See Stuart Haas. Um, Martin Truex Jr. had a lot of bad luck and finished 17 in points, but he probably was a top 10 point scorer overall. Um, Ryan Blaney was consistent but couldn't close, but ended up making the final eight um, without a win and uh, made it in on the bump in 16th place. Or, or wait a minute, yeah, it was 16th, yeah, because they had 15 winners in the regular season because, what is it, Austin Dillon was literally the only person that didn't wreck at the end of the Daytona race. Um but I mean, so many different winners. The you had the clash at the Coliseum with Logano winning. Uh, it, it was just it, it was a interesting year. I mean, it, the the Hendrick cars early in the year uh, were definitely up front. They won three of the first what is it five races, and um, so that was an interesting start. And then we started, but we saw signs from uh, Trackhouse. And that was one of the, the the teams that really made a huge step forward this year is Trackhouse Racing, um, taking from the pieces of Ganassi, expanding to a two-car effort, Ross Chastain becoming a championship uh, driver this year, championship level driver, and Daniel Suarez getting into the playoffs, having a career year. I mean, there was a lot of good things to see some of these smaller teams being able to get up there and, and compete against the, the Gibbs, the Hendricks, the Penske's of the world and um, make things happen. I think that was a plus cookie cutter tracks. Racing was good. Short track racing and road course racing. Not so much. Um, the safety of the car, definitely not good. So those are things that they're hoping to work on the garage 56. Um, 
concept I think is going to help a lot in that. But uh, Josh, the fact that we had so many winners this year and it, it, you didn't really know it, there was no real runaway like the year before, of course, Larson won 10 races, 11 races, I think all together with the all-star, but um, usually it's a runaway. There's usually dominant figures in the other series. That was the case, but in the cup series, it just seemed like it was ran- It was very random at times. And you really just had to be up there and, take advantage, you know, pit stops got faster because of the single lug. Um, you know, the one guy on Bell's team almost jacked himself his hand up trying to put the tire on on a pit stop, showed that on Twitter. That was pretty gross. Uh, but and last pit stop of Phoenix. But um, I think the, the, the net, it's a net positive. I think the, the next gen, gen seven, but there's definitely work to do. And um, unfortunately, Kurt Busch is not going to be driving full-time anymore because of this car. We don't really know how healthy Alex Bowman is. Other guys have had injuries. Um, so they're, they're, they have to work on this to make it safer and more functional in, um, across more tracks that aren't super speedways, which even the super speedway package is not amazing um, because they're demolition derbies now. Um, I mean, most super speedway races are demolition derbies to be fair, but it's more like that now with this car. Um, the cookie cutters are really good, but other than those, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter if you get it. So what are your thoughts on all these winners, man? A lot of first time winners in the cup series, uh, and, uh, fresh blood coming into the sport with, uh, Cindric and, the rookie battle that wasn't really a rookie battle it was everyone knew Cindric was going to win it. And he literally won it at Daytona. Um, but he had a solid enough year, made the playoffs and um, didn't embarrass himself, but he had, he was good in qualifying, but couldn't really do it in the races. So it's interesting to see what his progression will be. And then we saw glimpses from Todd Gilland and Harrison Burton late in the year. Um, so that might give them hope um, and energy going into 2023. I mean, there's a lot to take away from that, but I mean, yeah, I think, you know, in general, just the, you know, if you look beyond the fact that they were first time winners, uh, that we had five first time winners here in, in cup this year. Um, I mean, one, they were all drivers that had been due for a win for a long time. You know, you, you look at uh, Tyler Reddick, you know, been on the cup series since 2020 and has had multiple opportunities to win a race uh, in his career and just hadn't been able to get there. So, you know, after at some point he was going to win, he was also a, a two-time Xfinity champion and, um, you know, won them back to back and had a lot of good races there. So, uh, you know, he's definitely somebody that uh, was bound to win at some point. Um, and to be honest, it's, I guess in a way it's almost kind of surprising that, you know, he became a road course expert all of a sudden this year, but, you know, RCR has been doing a lot of work on road courses, so it's not completely out of the realm, but, you know, that's uh, one driver, you know, uh, Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, you know, track house. I mean, I think they've got to be the, you know, as a team, you know, they're the surprise of the year, uh, you know, just how well they competed this year, both of them, you know, uh, Chastain also, you know, had some good races and you could tell it was going to happen at some point with how he was running at the beginning of the year. Suarez, you know, had a lot of bad luck as well, but, you know, he managed to finally get one at uh, Sonoma. So, you know, you had those victories. Uh, Cindric, I mean, that was, you know, really just kind of a, you know, 
luck of the draw kind of just being out in front, um, uh, having that luxury at Daytona, uh, you know, and Chase Briscoe, uh, you know, just, you know, I, I think he just executed the strategy perfectly. And then he's also, uh, somebody that we probably knew would, would be a winner at some point, but maybe out of, out of all those five guys, uh, maybe Briscoe and, you know, his season maybe might've been the you know weakest out of all of those, but, you know, uh, ended up having a chance to go to the championship at the end, but, you know, he had a definitely good season, but, you know, really overall, I mean, I think it's just the way that this car performed, um, cause you're really on the edge of control throughout a lot of it. Cause at any point, the way that this car is designed, uh, you, you know, you could spin out just randomly in the, me- the middle of the corner. Um, so, you know, that, I think that's something to think about. And you know, also the, uh, the fires as well, the rocker panel fires that we saw happen, uh, just, a lot of bad things with parts failures, uh, you know, just, uh, the, uh, you know, the suspension issues that we saw this year with, uh, you know, the, um, linkages and, uh, things like that breaking on, on cars, uh, in the middle of races, uh, you know, just making contact with the wall, um, causing, you know, issue with your suspension and breaking, you know, breaking the suspension that that's uh, something that we didn't see last year uh, where you could hit the wall and keep going. And, you know, of course this car, you can hit, hit the wall and keep going, but you know, yeah, you, you definitely have to make a pit stop uh, to, you know, be able to continue on. Uh, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things, you know, of course saw at Texas, you know, it was basically a curse to be up front, uh, you know, at Texas and, you know, just uh, couldn't, uh, you know, whoever was at at front at the end was going to win. And, you know, you saw the, you know, Martin Truex spinning out, Kevin Harvick spinning out, you know, Alex Bowman spinning out as well uh, in that race. So it definitely a lot of volatility that's happened, you know, throughout all, all these races because of the, the reliability issues with the next gen cars. So that's another reason why we had so many winners this year. Uh, and, you know, now we have 19 winners uh, this year. So, yeah, definitely a you know a lot of guys that uh, had the opportunity to win um, that you know were fairly competitive throughout the year and you know just uh, you know managed to turn that into a victory and you know also I mean look at Daytona the way that the second Daytona race ended you know Austin Dillon just happened to be up front and just you know was able to miss the wreck the big wreck that took out everybody because of the rain uh, you know the Austin. Uh, Cindric winning with the Daytona 500 mentioned that as well. Um, Kyle Busch, uh, you know, basically the only reason why he won the dirt oval race at Bristol was because, you know, Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe got got into it in the, on the last lap. Right. So that's the only reason why that happened. Uh, you know, Eric Jones kind of benefited. I mean, let's be honest, did kind of benefit from the issues Kyle Busch went through and, uh, Martin Truex went through at, at Darlington and happened to be up front there and, uh, Darlington, another track that's hard to pass. So once he was up front, it was going to be really hard for, you know, a guy like Danny Hamlin in that race who finished second to be able to get, uh, get in front of him there. Uh, and then also look at Chris Buescher, uh, you know, Chris Buescher, you know, I think he benefited a lot from, I mean, he was up front too, so it's not like he wasn't good, but he did benefit from the tire issues that happened at Bristol on the pavement, uh, and, and, you know, at the end of the summer. So, you know, that's, that's all, you know, a lot of those guys were, uh, one-time winners. I mean, the other one-time winner there is, you know, uh, Bubba Wallace and Alex Bowman. I think, you know, Bubba had a really convincing win at Kansas. Um, you know, they, 
didn't lead the entire race, but you know, they had good speed and they had also had good speed at Kansas uh, back in May. So that's a, you know, fairly convincing win there. Uh, Alex Bowman, you know, just had a, uh, really good restart, uh, in the, uh, race at Las Vegas at the beginning of the year. So, you know, he was able to go out and out duel on the final restart with, uh, Kyle Larson, uh, there. And he only led, I think, yeah, he only led 137 laps on the year. So it was not really out in front at all, but just had one really good race where he was able to, uh, win. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, all those guys, you know, they're all one victory guys. Uh, and then the rest, you have guys that won multiple times, like, uh, you know, Chase Elliott, Larson, Logano, uh, Chris Bell, uh, Kevin Harvick, uh, Tyler Reddick. You know, he was also another first time winner. So, I mean, those guys, those guys are really the guys you got to look out for next year, the ones that were, you know, multiple time winners. Um, so, that's that's gonna be something to see next year is do we regress back to you know kind of back to the mean where we have maybe you know 12 you know 13 14 winners throughout the year um so that's gonna be something to look out for uh, as we go uh, into 23 uh, with this new car and everything and you know of course there's gonna be changes and whatnot as well so yeah that's um you know i think you talk about the the volatility that happened this year in the series. And I think it's really just because of the, the new race car that really was the cause of all the volatility that we saw this year. In that sense, change is good. You know, uh, you look at those guys, I mean, Ross Chastain wasn't going to make the final four based on what he was doing the year before, uh, for Ganassi. Um, but then he became a factor track house racing became a factor. And that's why one of the many reasons why, Justin Marks decided to get into this series when he did. Um, he ran Project 91, which looks like is going to be a player here with more races next year, along with some of these other efforts are trying to make um, a play. Um, there aren't that many owners. There aren't a lot of people that are trying to fill fields other than the charters, which is an issue too. Charter prices seem to be out of control relative to the the general you know, the way that the sport is going, but, you know, Dale Jr. can't get a charter, it seems, which I think is crazy. Uh, there's some other charter nonsense going on uh, here in the back end. Um, I'm thinking that 78 cars are right in the mix for that and the Rick Ware cars uh, at a minimum. The Rick Ware, now they're going to be with RFK, essentially becoming a four-car team there. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, the clash is couple months away now but um a lot to look at for 23 we'll see what happens with these uh drivers who can make um gains i mean christopher bell was able to have a great year or get get himself into the mix um one in clutch situations proving what toyota has seen for many years proving what joe gibbs has um you know they've ran over they've ran drivers out of that car See Joey Logano, see Eric Jones. Both of them, of course, were able to have solid enough. Of course, Logano had the gets the big hardware. Jones gets a second Southern 500 victory and wins for the King and GMS as they now expand um, as an organization in a lot of ways. Change it up with Gagson taking over the 42. They're getting um, uh, whoever um, his crew chief was as well, who worked with Eric Jones and worked. Uh, so they, there's a lot of connections there. Um, so there's a team that has a chance. Jimmy Johnson, of course, is now a part owner. So 
he's back in the cup series. So that's another positive, but I'm sure that he's going to be a player and somebody's going to be talking about the safety aspects and other things, uh, too, that need to be improved in the racing itself. Um, which hopefully they'll change, but it is SOD and running the show. And, um, I'm not so sure, but we will see what happens with the cup series. I mean, those three guys in the final four, to those, I mean, when we would have picked our final four at the start of the year, I doubt that we may have had one of them, maybe two at most. Uh, and I would, and more likely it would have been Clyde and Joey Logano. But you would have figured a Hendrick car and a Penske car probably would have got there. You'd have thought a Gibbs one or a Toyota would have got there. Toyotas didn't have a good end of the year. Kyle Busch didn't exist for a good part of the year because of his contract situation. And now he's going to RCR. And I think that leads into this topic, Josh, um, who underperformed in 22 that is likely to uh, improve in 2023. Um, I mean, if you look at the driver points standings, I look at guys that were, you know, that uh, didn't have amazing years. I mean, Martin Truex at the end of the day, finished 17th in points, uh, which is um, crazy to think a guy who's been a champion in this series, um, a guy who has uh, um, guy who has been a uh, winner for many years, but uh, didn't win a race this year and then was left out in the, in the open there uh, finished you know, 17th in drivers, 18th in owners. Of course, um, Kyle Busch is another one, but, uh, there's a few people I was thinking. Those are two that come to my head. But who are you thinking as a driver that or drivers that have a chance to make a step forward uh, from where they were this year, Josh? Well, I think you know besides Truex, I think the most obvious one is Kyle Busch, and uh, just uh, you know really the last you know three seasons for Kyle Busch have not been really that great uh, since he won his uh, 2019 title. Uh, you know and. 2020 didn't win until Texas uh, fall race 21 uh, won at Kansas and you know won at uh, you know I think he won at Pocono but that that was it and then this year you know just happened to be the guy uh, still running at the end when uh, Chase Briscoe Tyler Reddick got into it at Bristol dirt and had other opportunities out you know throughout the year where he could have won you know Darlington comes to mind uh, there's probably other races where he was up front you know in, in the last portion of the race but you know something happened where there was an engine failure you know a crash or you know failed to execute pit strategy or just you know happened to get out raced by somebody look at uh darlington or well we already talked about darlington but uh gateway you know with logano um you know there was multiple races uh throughout the year where just uh you know failed to get it done and so yeah i definitely expect kyle bush and not only failed to get it done but also you know just where they just weren't good throughout the weekend and uh you know we're just off the pace compared to where we normally see him so definitely expect kyle bush uh you know throughout 23 you know he's going to be on a new team but you know they've already gotten to work already if you saw on uh socials this weekend he was uh at coda with his teammate austin dillon getting some road course practice in i think they won in their class with the world racing league so uh you know he's getting off their good start. And I think, uh, you know, as he gets acclimated into Richard Childress racing, he's going to help that team, 
you know, elevate that team, carry, he's going to be the guy that's carrying them on his back for sure. You know, Austin Dillon being the, who he is and everything, but, uh, you know, Kyle Busch has an opportunity to, um, you know, prove that he still has got, uh, something in the tank left. Uh, and I think he's going to a good team. You know, the number eight car, uh, won three races with Ty Reddick last year. There's no reason why they can't, you know, not produce that same type of result. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to untap a, you know, level of potential that we haven't seen from RCR in quite some time. So I think that's, uh, somebody that, you know, is more than likely, I think will recover. Um, you know, I, I talked to you about it in pre, you know, pre-show, but, um, I think Kyle Larson kind of, you know, had a underwhelming year relative to his performance from 21, you know, obviously championship run 10 wins in 21 only had three wins, uh, in 22. Um, but I mean, from, the time that he won at Fontana, you know, to the time where he won at Watkins Glen, uh, in the summer, you know, very long period of time, you know, almost six months without a win, uh, going from, you know, the end of February to the, you know, the middle of August. So, uh, a long time where he went without a win and, you know, especially in the early portion of the season, you know, he wasn't really that great. Uh, you know, think kind of started to settle down, you know, in the beginning of the summer and started to get, get better, but, big fumble there in the game, uh, in the saints game bucks game. But, uh, you know, Kyle Larson did not have that great of year until, you know, and basically until the, uh, middle of the summer and then picked up the win, had an aggressive restart where he was able to take away the win from chase Elliott and then dominated at Homestead. Uh, so, you know, if they, if they would have had a better playoffs and I think they underperformed there, but if they had a, had a better playoffs and especially the second round, you know, he definitely would have been a contender uh, for the championship, not just in the owners' championships. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to um, produce better results in twenty three and see if they can. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting a repeat of or a um, re, you know, redo of twenty one where they had ten wins, but you know, they definitely need to be up front uh, a lot more and you know, push Chase Elliott and. Uh, all that stuff. So yeah, that's that's the other driver who I think I had on my list uh, of uh, drivers. So I I think uh, underperformed. It I think can bounce back and have a good year in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I agree with the Larson pick, and I mean Kyle Busch definitely is one that stands out. He's getting into a great situation with the eight car with Randall Burnett. Uh, that's a team that was on the cusp. They got you know, had bad luck in the first round. Honestly. Um, if I had made picks for the the playoffs, I would have thought they would have at least made a couple of rounds, um, or at least one round. They were they got knocked out early. So Tyler Reddick, of course, uh, will be moving over to twenty three eleven next year. So um, that's one driver. I mean, when it comes to, I'm curious. Like, I just want to go and bring up the points again. Um, the driver point. I mean, I look at this. I mean. Uh, I mean, you make the playoffs. It's it's hard to say that, but you know, I mean, Kevin Kevin Harvick was was the he won two races for Stuart Haas. Uh, it's been a little bit of ever since twenty when he won the nine races. The last couple of years have not been as good. Of course, Stuart Haas has fallen behind. They've only they won three races as an organization this year. Um, what is he going to do? Uh, he's been a championship contender for so many years. He's on the back end of his career at this point. He's debating retiring. They've made changes at Stuart Haas Racing at the 41 car, temp- at least for now, with Ryan Priest. 
You know, I think the organization, Stuart, I'm saying Stuart Haas Racing as an organization, is someone to watch that under has underperformed recently. Um, in 20, they were really up there, but they've been off the last two years. Um, Chase Briscoe has a lot of potential. Um, gave away uh, Charlotte in the 600, had one of the best cars at Gateway, qualified on pole, and had a random cut tire and never was able to get back up through the field. Um, he was fast in qualifying at times, especially on road courses, um, had opportunities at times to win races in the flat, in the round of the whole playoffs. He, they ran at a different, in a level that above what they'd been doing all season. And, um, so the future is with that organization is on him, but what is Kevin Harvick going to do and what possibly could be his final year in the cup series is another thing to look at. I would also look at, um, I would also speak to Alex Bowman. You know, I mean, we, I mean, Martin Truex probably is dealing with a lot of stuff away from the track, you know, cherry and whatever, and that her health. And then some of the other stuff that's going on within the team, of course, Blake Harris, leaving the team, the longtime car chief to go and become a crew chief. Um, they have not been the same team, but I think they haven't been the same team since Cole Pern left anyway, uh, to be fair. Alex Bowman, speaking of Blake Harris, is now going to come back coming from a concussion, um, and he's definitely the fourth out of four at that team, but now he has a different crew chief for the first time in his career. Will that matchup work well for him? Because Byron was able to get a his a crew chief that was uh, that worked with him and he's made progress. Um, you know, Larson comes to Hendrick Motorsports finally and gets with um, the what it was the forty eight team and um, um, forgetting uh, who his crew chief is, but that that Cliff Daniels and and they got they hit it off great, but last year didn't go so well. And then Gustafson and and Clyde have been together for a while, but what will Bowman do? next this this next year because he's fallen a bit behind he was not really up there yeah he won that one race as josh mentioned but he was not that great uh to be honest and there's i mean he he's on social media and he takes a lot of heat but i mean when you look at your teammates i mean larson kind of covered for him because larson underperformed in certain ways like josh mentioned after winning 10 races in an all-star race um last year i mean or in 21 uh to go and not really be up there after that is is kind of crazy but and um yeah i mean those are a couple i mean brad having the year that he had but he had two massive point penalties for infractions rules infractions that basically derailed him uh he had fast cars at times busher proved that at bristol and 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 Keselowski at the end of the year seemed to be a little better. So there is potential for the 2012 series champion and part owner of RFK racing. I'll, I'll, I'll add one more. Ryan Blaney didn't win a race this year. Yes, he was up there. He's the highest finishing driver. Um, it's hard to, I, you could say, well, how are you going to give a guy who had 12 top fives, which is up there? Um, I mean, only, what is it? One, two drivers. And he's tied with three others most top fives and he had 17 top tens which is pretty solid 13.6 average finish his teammate who won the championship at a 13.5 he outqual he had a better qualifier even though he had one less pulled than joey logano um but 
I kind of look at it in this way. Ryan Blaney, they put a lot into him. And in general, I think he is legitimately the most popular driver. Him and Bubba are probably two of the most popular drivers in the sport one way or the other. Um, but when is Blaney going to have that breakout? When is Blaney going to close the deal? Is he ever going to get there? Is And that's a question. I don't think they're getting rid of him. Penske's definitely not going to get rid of him. He's a marketing... He, he's a, he's, they love him. All these sponsors love him. And he's solid. But closing the deal... He always seems to have issues closing, especially at the 500. Um, he wasn't able to win this year. And it's like you have the talent that he has. And he has the new crew chief for last year with Hassler and all that. But... I honestly think he needs to take that next step um, if he really wants to be that big-time driver in the sport and join his boy Clyde as a champion and his teammate as a champion before we really start thinking about, okay, what are we dealing with here with, with uh, Ryan Blaney? So that's one other one. I mean, there are some other guys that probably I think are going to take steps forward in general, but it wasn't just about underperforming as much as it's like, okay, maybe this was a first year, changes happen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, with a second year, they'll probably make some um, improvements in general. So we'll look at that for sure uh, in uh, 2023. Um, is there anything else that we didn't really go over uh, I mean, we talked about the final four drivers and all. And we'd, is there any other points from this season that you, know, you think are pertinent that we didn't go over there, Josh? No, I mean, not really um, there. Uh, I mean, you talked about Bowman. I will say one thing about Bowman is that if, I mean, his numbers are actually pretty much par for what he's done so far in Cup. Um, I mean, obviously, he, um, concussion and everything. Uh, you know, lowers his stats a little bit, but I mean, for top fives, top tens, wins, uh, and laps led, I mean, it's pretty much, and I mean, an average finish is pretty much online with what he's done so far in his career. I mean, 21, he had four wins, but you know, most of those wins came, uh, cause he got lucky or he just executed the strategy right at the end. So, you know, he was up there in 21, but you know, it was kind of one of those false hopes, I guess, that he'd actually, you know, turn into something there. And, um, you know, so we'll see if they are able to turn around or, you know, perform better in 23 with the new crew chief and everything. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, I mean, no, not really. There's nothing else. I mean, we could pick a driver who we think is going to just like have the opposite performance. Like, okay, we just said people who have, uh, underperformed, but who's somebody that we think overachieved in 22 uh, that, will underachieve in 23, I guess. Um, I mean, you think I'm, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, I mean, it's hard. There's a lot of guys that you could go with here. Uh, but you know, I'm going to go with, uh, Denny Hamlin. Uh, you know, I think he over, I mean, you know, he had a lot of races where they weren't really that great and, you know, he managed to get in because, you know, he, performed really well in certain situations and uh you know won a won a race uh you know got in but you know for if it weren't for the playoffs i mean they would be ranked um significantly lower than where they were so i think you know denny hamlin especially as the team owner role continues to increase for him um i think denny hamlin's gonna uh underachieve um you know like he's, it's going to be a lot closer to what he like standings wise where he should have finished uh this year i mean 
uh, I think I think he's going to have a lot more underwhelming year than what people expect from him. That's an interesting choice, but one that I could see. I mean, he's been at this for a while. 2006 was his first year in Cup full time, and he's he's come so close so many times at a championship. But he's won a lot of races. Um, at some point, there has to be a letdown. Uh, and now he's in a contract year, too. So that's an interesting dichotomy, too, with the fact that he's in a contract year, whether he's going to stay at Gibbs or he's going to go and drive for himself. You know, there's there's all kinds of moving pieces. And we already see how well Joe Gibbs handled um, Kyle Busch's situation. Um, they'll blame it on M&M's leaving. But I think there's a lot more to that. Um, and it, it speaks to how he's doing things. And then now that Keebler is going to move up full time to that car um and knowing that he's probably going to be given a lot more emphasis because he's he's uh grandpa's you know whatever he's he's his grandpa owns a team i think there's a lot to look at in joe gibbs racing what could happen to them um and with toyota only being a very small outfit only six cars if joe gibbs is not performing at a high level racing is not performing at a high level that's not good for in general, I do think that 2311, they have their own autonomy, though. And with that driver combination is going to be good, especially Redick. I think he's had that career year this year and he's just going to keep on going forward. And I think he's going to be able to push uh, Bubba to be better and um, Kurt being involved with that team, but not in a driver role, but more of an advisory role. Uh, let's see. I mean, in t- in terms of. The drivers, who do I think was great this year that's going to go and take a step back next year? That's, um, that's, um, uh, it's got a, what is it? I had it over here anyways. I literally had, um, I shouldn't have gotten out of that. I got rid of J-Ski and then I went to Racing Reference, but then I had the points. Um, in terms of somebody who I think, there is a lot of people to pick there. Um, I... I have, I really think there's like two, two names, um, that I'm thinking, I mean, the, the crazy, I mean, Larson had 13 top fives and 19 top tens last year. He wasn't as far off. He had more top fives than Clyde and one less top 10 and, uh, one more pole, one, two less races, but he wasn't as convincing. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a letdown within the Hendrick organization, um, now, which one is it going to be? Is it going to be the nine car? Is it going to be the five car? I don't think it's going to be either of those. I think William Byron is going to fall back um, because essentially his momentum was at the start of the year. He won those two races at Atlanta, which is now a super speedway race. And then he won Martinsville at night when literally you couldn't pass. And I mean, they can't pass on short tracks anyway. Um, William Byron, after those two wins, kind of disappeared um in the end he finishes sixth in points this year so i think that's the best finish of his career uh but only five top fives 11 top tens i mean briscoe after the brutal regular season that he had was almost there with those same with similar numbers you know in terms of top fives and top tens and um his starting position was only less than a a, a position behind and a couple of positions behind and finish. And, and uh, Chase Briscoe was driving for one of the 
lower teams in terms of the top tier and was barely making it in by a thread into the playoffs and he made it happen in the playoffs. Um, that's probably why it's so close. I think William Byron, that's going to continue. Um, he he was able to make it happen late to get that sixth place finishing points, but I think he's going to be the guy that's going to take a step back because they're going to emphasize the five and the nine. The 48, they're going to want to get prop up a bit because he's Alex Bowman, whatever, you know, new crew chief, all that new energy. That That's a piece. And then, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't really rate William Byron that highly. Um, yeah, I know he's won in all these different levels, but, and he's won Xfinity Championship and all that, but I just don't get it. I think in a lot of ways, he's got that, um, I mean, he's there a lot because of whatever, his dad and the the ridiculous college that he was part of, but um, in the end, it just, he just doesn't impress me that much, and um I don't think he's going to do that great next year, but hey, might be wrong. But we'll see what happens with that next year. Um, let's get into the roundup here uh, for this week. Not that much racing, as we mentioned. The supercars were at Surfer's Paradise, and it was a Shane Van Gisbergen double. He, I think he won virtually every he seemed like he won virtually every race this year he dominated the series uh to win this champion uh, to win another supercars championship i think it's his third of his career back to back now so since scott mclaughlin left he's won the last two championships um the last race for holden um since next year there'll be chevrolet teams now it'll be chevy camaros and new ford mustangs with the gen 3 in race one, Shane Van Gisbergen, David Reynolds, Chaz Mostert, Will Davison, Cam Waters were your top five. Um, Anton Di Pasquale finished sixth. Uh, you got you know, some people over there. And then in race two, SVG, Chaz Mostert, Will Davison, your podium. David Reynolds fourth. Brody Kostecki fifth. Uh, Cam Waters finished seventh. Anton Di Pasquale tenth. The final standings see Shane Van Gisbergen win. The title by uh, over 500, it lo- yeah, f- you know, over 500 points. It was like that's 96 and four, you know, 496 and uh, yeah, 500, like 550 points. It was a dominating year for him. He won Bathurst. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, uh, we'll see. Can he go and do a three peat and join some of these uh, other elite drivers over the years and in supercars, the likes of Scaife and Peter Brock and Dick Johnson and put himself at that, you know, and uh, Craig Lowndes, all these great drivers, put him at that elite level while he's dovetailing in other series and might actually come run NASCAR next year, possibly, um, depending on the schedule. Uh, the, um, yeah, we go from the supercars uh, to the Snowball Derby, uh, Derek Thorne, Goes and wins the Snowball Derby um, in um, uh, what do you call Five Flag Speedway? There, so oh, derby. yeah, so he gets the win. He's been up there uh, for uh, the last couple of years in uh, to go and get to get these victories, be able to do what he has to do. Um, he's been dominant, and uh, now he can go and say he is a winner. Um, led 307 of 318 laps uh, with the um, 
with the uh, overtime because of um, he uh, because of different costs, whatever. He's ran second last two years, led over 200 laps in the last three races. Um, so the, he's he's been at a different level. Um, and then he's and it's interesting the team that he's been running for he's not going to be racing for anymore. So that's that's um, something too. So that's the last time they're in a race together. So that's uh, that is a big win for Derek Thorne. Um, trying to go and get the rundown. It'd be nice if I could get that. No, we don't have it there. Let's try to um, go this way. Uh, the that's qualifying. I want the race. Yeah, the race. Uh, Josh Berry did beat Thorne for the pole, but um, had issues during the race, and um, that uh, got knocked out late in the deal. Uh, Derek Thorne wins over Sammy Smith, who's likely going to be an Xfinity driver for Gibbs next year. Steven Nassi, third. Casey Roderick, fourth. Cole Butcher, fifth. William Byron was the best uh, cup interloper, big three NASCAR series interloper, finishing sixth. Uh, Ty Majeski, the former winner of this race, uh, final four in the truck series, finished 10th. Carson Quapel, uh making a rare super modified, super late model uh, start, uh, finishes 12th. Bubba Pollard, 13th. Daniel Dye, 15th. I think Giovanni Ruggiero must be Reggie Ruggiero's son, so it's cool to see that. You had some of the other guys like Derek Krause, who's in the truck series. Gagson, of course, 1920th. Luke Fenhouse, who won uh a um sst or s or srx sst srx race uh in um slinger in the first season finished 21st uh josh berry finished 25th uh hunter robbins a longtime late model competitor married to uh what's her name joanna joanna long finished 26th jesse love 27th Corey heim 28th and um Eric Jones, 33rd. Augie Grill finished 36th and last. Uh, Brad Keselowski uh, did try to make the show, but failed to qualify out of the last chance. So um, interesting for him. So we'll see what happens. It's a tough race to make, tough race to win. Derek Thorne gets that victory um, and gets that big trophy um, on his mantle. Uh, Going into, so some of the other NASCAR news, uh, they announced, uh, yeah, there's nothing really on the cup side. Josh Berry is going to have Jarrett companies come back. So more or less his entire schedule is covered. He just needs another seven races. Um, he has the Bass Pro sponsorship. He has the Jarrett companies, and then he's also going to have, um, he's going to have, uh, I forget what the other, uh, the, other sponsors he had i uh, he has three that he definitely has locked up and then they're probably working on more bailey curry and brennan pool are going to be driving for jd motorsports next year full-time they're looking to bring up third car back the number zero sage Karam announced that uh he'll be running limited races for alpha prime um so we'll see what happens with that dean thompson who was basically uh a non-factor driving for um what do you call nice motorsports takes his money and goes to tricon garage aka david gilliland racing to become a full-time driver for them so they'll run the grays or more uh, taylor gray is gonna jump in i think in the third race because he's not 
18 yet. Um, Tanner Gray is going to run the full season. Dean Thompson's going to run the full season. And Taylor Gray is going to probably need to win a race to make the championship. Um, so we'll see that. There's rumors on where um, where Haley Deegan's going to be. It seems like the rumors are saying that she's going to go to uh, Thor Sport if they change back to Ford. Uh, the only other option, really, if she wanted, if she's running a Ford, is front row. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll probably bring that up next week or in future future weeks uh, here as we go along. Uh, big story came out today: Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin, teammates at Penske Racing and IndyCar, will be racing for Tower Motorsports in the LMP2 category. Of course, Penske Racing is going to be debuting their Porsche 963 in the GTP class in the Rolex. Uh, so that'll be big. So these two guys will uh, drive with Kiffin Simpson and uh, team owner bronze driver John Ferrano. So um, Kiffin Simpson's running in Indy Lights, NXT, whatever, for, um, I think, Andretti or somebody, or Ganassi. He's a Ganassi-supported driver, Kiffin Simpson. So pretty solid lineup there, and they're going to have a good chance to win the LMP2 category at the Rolex uh, come end of January. Now, Patrick Pillay uh, will join the uh, Porsche, FAF Motorsports Porsche plaid effort there. And um, they'll he, so he's so he'll be joining them uh, and along with Klaus Bockler. So that'll be the new team. Lawrence Vantor will be a part of uh, the Enduros, and then of course Matthew Jaminé and Matt Campbell are moving to Porsche Penske Motorsports 963 effort. So that'll be. Um, interesting. They're trying to go for three consecutive championships in the IMSA GTD categories. So they won GTD, GT Daytona in 21. They won GT Pro, GTD Pro in 22. So this is for GTD Pro um, this year or in 23. We had, uh, yeah, so those are, those are the couple of news pieces um, and other pieces if you really want I would give credit and say go and check out John Daggis, Sports Car 365. He's really good. Um, let's see. Uh, get through that. Get through that. Um, uh, on motorsport.com, got some F1 stories. Supercars are talking about ran- they're going to randomly allocate engines, so that'll be something. Um, American Legion is going to be the... F- major the mains the primary for alex Pillow and what will probably be his last year for ganassi and the 10 car and they're talking about alio castro neves still looking at options to run daytona for the 500 so we'll see what happens with that um trying to see what else we got over here oh oh weird um that's um yeah there isn't oh brock feeney oh so brock feeney actually one i didn't i missed that okay i didn't see that in the results i didn't know there was three races uh yeah rock feeney's major supercars you know feeney took her final race okay so so victory in the uh, first victory in the state brock he beat yesterday's winner what the heck now i i literally read the results and it shows svg winning oh oh that's why because no that's okay 
I was reading the wrong results. Lovely. That's great. So I apologize for that. I was reading results. It's because of I was on motorsport.com. They don't update their thing. Um, yeah, so there you go. I knew that Shane Van Gisbergen did win one of the races. So now I have to go and give you the points again. Uh, so in Adelaide, yeah, in Adelaide 500, Chaz Mostert won uh, the first race. And um, Brock Feeney won the second for his first career win. Uh, Chaz Moster, Nick Perkat, James Courtney was your top, your podium. Brody Kostecki, Tim Slade round out the top five. Winner bottom, Will Davison, Brock Feeney, Andre Heimgartner, and Lee Holdsworth. I guess that burnout was, so I was wrong with that too. Lovely. It says my my day today. Um, the burnout was for locking up the championship. SVG um, had to start dead last in the field and only finished 20th in race. So that was probably his worst finish of the year, too. Uh, in race two, Brock Feeney gets his first career victory over Chaz Moster, Anton DiPasquale, Cam Waters, Andre Heimgartner, your top five, Will Brown, SVG running the number one, uh, Brody Kostecki, Lee Holdsworth, James Golding round out the top 10. The uh, championship standings, uh, Cameron Waters ends up 615 points behind SVG at the end of the season. Cam Waters was in a battle with Chaz Mostert all year, uh, finished, what is it, 60, uh, yeah, like 73 points ahead of Chaz Mostert. Then the two Ford uh, Shell V Power Racing drivers, Anton DePasquale, Will Davison, um, Brock Feeney in his rookie year, um, finishes sixth in points. So good on him, and uh, we'll see what happens. Supercars, there's been announcements, whatever, drivers, and there's some changes coming, but nothing really to the extreme there in terms of supercars, not crazy changes. The biggest change, of course, is the car, Um, the new car, new Chevy Camaros and uh, Ford Mustangs. So that'll be the big story next year in the Gen 3 um car trying to see over here if there's anything else to go over uh it doesn't look like it so um we will um move to the uh same segment josh and um uh what are you looking at in regards to that i know things are slowing down a little bit so uh there might uh what are you looking at for i racing and other gaming yeah of course i mean uh we're about to be at the you know the end of the year uh on you know on iRacing and uh it's week 13 once again on iRacing and um there's going to be a lot of new content coming up uh here coming up soon uh I think the release for uh week 13 uh should include the Toyota GR86 uh car uh that's the i think that's one of the new cars that's coming up that's going to be available to race immediately uh it's going to be a i think a class d car so people will be able to a series uh so people will be able to race it immediately um but it's yeah i think that's the new content right now um that people will be able to race um still trying to find some news here on where uh you know what what's what else is going to be new um uh there's been some rumors on what they might be able to put in for the upgrades for 2023 
um, rain. I've I've heard they m- might be talking about rain possibly as a um, or weather. Uh, you know, wet weather racing is a possibility, but I'm not sure. That's something that's been on the table for a long time. That um, it's always been rumored, but it's never come true in iRacing. But uh, we've heard about it a lot, and I don't I don't know if they're finally going to put it in, but they might. It's certainly a possibility, and uh, you know, they very well might have it. Uh, yeah, Toyota GR86 is uh, the new one. Um, BMW LMDH possibly. Uh, could be up there for uh, testing, um, things like that. But yeah, it's definitely yeah season three uh, release notes here. I'm about to look at it here in a minute. Um, but that's that's on the horizon. Uh, I had yeah I had to look into my iRacing account to look at the news uh, here. But yeah, iRacing December update for 23. Uh, yeah, the BMW Hybrid V8, that's the new one. The AM, AMG W13e Performance, TR, yeah, Toyota GR86, as I've already said. Uh, Lincoln Speedway uh, Circuit, Denevers, uh, so I think the the old French uh, Grand Prix, you know, before they got rid of it in 2008, um, or before, you know, the, the circuit that held the French Grand Prix before the current one. Uh, upgrading the, which one? Manny Core. Yeah, 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 that one. Uh, yeah, that one. And then the uh, Sebring is going to be updated. They're upgrading the uh, art for Sebring. The Ford Mustang FR5000 or FR500 is going to be updated. Uh, the active reset, uh, so you can reset your car on your track session with only um, a couple of bu- uh, buttons rather, I guess, than what they were doing before. Uh off the track, uh, I guess they're increasing some of the or improving some of the um, track physics uh, with uh, dirt, like you know, surface acclimation of you know dirt and marbles on the track. Uh, start, yeah, start zones. Uh, let's see, Ex- uh, starting grids expanded up to sixty racers. That's going to be a lot. Uh, GT three receiving updates. Uh, I racing AI has been improved. Uh, new damage model for some of the other cars. Uh, so yeah, that's that's some of the updates. I mean, some of it's like a lot of uh, you know small updates. Some of it, you know, big updates like GR86, the hybrid V8 for BMW, um, the Formula One W13 for Mercedes. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, big changes. AI racing for the 87 cars. So that might be interesting there. And then more AI racing at 23 tracks uh, on on the service, so that's going to be interesting. Um, and new setups, I guess, for everything. So yeah, it should be interesting to see some of this uh, changes, and definitely be able to test it out this week. Uh, like to yeah, the Toyota would like to try that. The BMW probably would like to try that as well. Uh, week 13 this week. Uh, it's a lot of, um, you know, that's like a lot of unranked races. We've got figure eight racing with the Ford Mustang at Irwindale. That might be interesting. Um, unranked racing, uh, 13th week ridiculousness at uh, Watkins Glen with the 2008 Riley Daytona prototype, Global MX-5 Cup, uh, Aston Martin uh, DB9, and then the uh, Corvette GT uh, C6R GT1. That might be interesting. Uh, we got other things like, uh, let's see, 13th week, uh, 
Legends car on the Daytona Rally uh, Rally Cross track uh, might be interesting. Thirteenth uh, week, let's see. Uh, Ferrari uh, challenged at Daytona Road Course uh, that might be interesting. We got thirteenth week uh, Truck Series racing at Daytona. Uh, yeah, this the thirteenth week I racing Truck Series ranked at Daytona scheduled this week what do they got michigan daytona charlotte talladega homestead chicagoland and irp so those are all pretty good truck tracks uh 13th week street sock series at langley speedway uh, a lot of the short tracks south boston lanier legends oval charlotte charlotte oval southern Ma- national motorsports park usa international speedway which no longer exists asphalt track uh, so yeah, it's the it's week thirteen in iRacing. It's the all the um, fun like for fun series uh, that doesn't really count or is un unranked uh, and allows you to do anything that you want if you like to or whatever. So uh, that there's that thirteenth uh, week iRacing Blizzard series Chevy Monte Carlo SS Five Flag Speedway. So a little bit of uh, late model action, you know, with the. Um, not really the snowball derby, but certainly something uh, resembling the uh, snowball derby. So, uh, yeah, that that should be interesting. All these new cars and tracks and stuff to go and shake out. Uh, you know, in between the regulated racing on i racing as we begin twenty twenty three season one. So, should be interesting there. Definitely gonna be ready to try that out. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, I did so. I did buy the Fanatec pedals last week as part of their Black Friday uh, Thanksgiving sale. So uh, be looking forward to getting that soon once that comes in and install that uh, and have some new pedals. Uh, be interesting to uh, try out the the brakes, the load cell brakes on there. So um, and I've seen some reviews already, and it looks pretty exciting. Just just waiting on the email that has the tracking number so I can put that in and follow that uh so i can get installed so looking forward to um getting that once once it comes to the mail um but yeah that's pretty much it for iRacing this week uh got the uh twitch stream of course as always twitch tv slash useiller2 whenever i'm on and you can watch my streams there and see all the stuff i post for iRacing when i do so yeah that includes sim segment of course closed as i mentioned twitch tv useiller2 go watch on there for all the racing stuff and video game content uh twitter jp huffine go on there and see all my takes on jacksonville jaguars and you know whatever news and racing and other news and stuff uh that uh i've got on there uh go on my twitter and look at that um of course follow youtube page at uh, grip Shit podcast go on there and subscribe to our page and like our videos and like our content and subscribe to uh, all our stuff so yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me this week. Uh, I was always, you know, feel glad to be able to do it with you. And, um, you know, glad to, you know, as we continue to close out the year, um, you know, talk about the remaining weeks that we have in our fantasy football league and seeing, you know, where we, we end up here in a week and, you know, how the playoffs are going to shake out. So, yeah, glad to be able to uh, participate in that. Absolutely, brother. Wouldn't do it with anyone else. Yeah, They're great. We are able to do this thing and enjoy it, talk about all kinds of racing and football and, uh, you give a a good pers- different perspective, good perspective. So it's a great balance between the two of us here on the Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, you can find us at Grip Strip Pod on Twitter. Um, you can find me at Philip G Matthew on Twitter. Uh, you can find the Grip Strip Podcast basically anywhere 
you get podcasts. Uh, any of the major platforms, we're there uh, for the Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, we can you we can find us on YouTube at Grip Strip Podcast and um, posting the shows there as well. You can find it at philipgmatthew.com. So um, those are the things uh, where you can find me. Uh, we will be back next week for episode 148 of the Grip Strip Podcast. And that will, uh, we'll do uh, IndyCar. We'll do the IndyCar recap next week on the Grip Strip Podcast. That'll be fun. Uh, will Power gets the championship, but there was an intriguing season for sure. A lot of uh, different uh, winners and um, a different Indy 500 winner for sure. A lot to talk about there. Changes coming in drivers for 23 and uh, still to be determined, really, some of the drivers. So we'll get into that next week. We'll get into the football and who made it into the playoffs or who's likely to make it into the playoffs in my league and in all of my leagues. I mean, other than the one, the I think that's going, we have two more weeks in that one, but we have, this is the last week this week. So we'll see what happens with that. See what our actual teams do. And we'll talk about it here on the Gripster podcast. So for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for listening to Gripster podcast. Take care of yourself. Be uh, good to one another. And um, we'll see you around next week. Take care.